What's wrong with you people? I'm serious. This is not another Baptist podcast, a weekly podcast about what two pastors are learning in the trenches of church revitalization. This podcast is sponsored in part by our friends at the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Visit swibbits.edu to find out more about what God is doing on Seminary Hill. This pot is on fire. We've got the chair of fire himself, the next Billy Graham, Dr. Matt Queen, Professor of Evangelism at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, because Kyle is in Orlando worshiping at the feet of Mickey Mouse and Walt Disney. Dr. Queen, how are you doing? Well, Matt, it is so good. I do not care because I'm mad at you. Oh, you're still mad? I'm still mad. I, I hold a grudge, Dr. Queen, because well, you, know what the, you know what the Bible says about that, man. I don't care what the Bible says. I'm just oh, kidding. Man, <laughs> don't quote on. that. <laughs> so, so you know what the CSB says about yes. that. <laughs> yes, I do. But uh, so, Dr. Queen, we, we've kind of touched on this in a few episodes, making my journey through the dissertation. I was in the dissertation cul-de-sac uh, with Dr. Queen just going round and round and round, <laughs> sending him a chapter. He would cover it in the blood of Jesus. I would fix everything that he said to fix. I'd send it back to him. He'd cover it with more blood of Jesus because apparently the first amount of blood wasn't enough. And then I would fix all of that, send it again. And then once again, he would, <laughs> we just went in circles and circles and circles. And one of the things Dr. Matt Queen had to do with my paper was to correct all of my pronouns with no antecedents. That was probably my main thing. But I also am more of a popular writer. Not that I am popular, but that I write more popular style. And so I have a lot of the C word in my papers. And uh, that is not... Is that Calvinism? No. Oh, okay. Uh, no, be very careful, Dr. Queen. Okay. You have trustees on campus right now. Uh, <laughs> colloquialisms, if I said that correctly. And, you know, like if the proof is in the pudding and stuff like that. And after weeks that bled into months that almost bled into years, Dr. Queen had taken all of them out but one. And in our very final edit, when I was just about to renounce Christianity itself, Dr. Queen said, I need you to take out some line about fast as a four-wheel drive pickup truck or something like that. <laughs> Word spreads as fast in a small town as a four-wheel drive pickup truck. Dr. Queen wanted to take it out and I refused. And so Dr. Queen said, okay, fine. And I said, I'll make a deal. If Dr. Priest <laughs> wants it out, we'll take it out. But otherwise I want just one, just one taste of Matt Hensley because you've taken all of Matt Hensley out of my paper. <laughs> and so we get to the dissertation defense stage and we're sitting there and Dr. Priest is very mean to me and I leave and go for my 10 minutes that ended up being like 10 hours uh, <laughs> sitting there wondering if I'm ever going to graduate and have to write this paper all over again and come back in and Dr. Queen is like, hey, I want to be the first to call you Dr. Matt Hensley. I'm all excited, thrilled. And oh, by the way, there's a few changes we need to make. <laughs> and so some of those changes were simple, you know, instead of must, it needed to be should. But then Dr. Priest said, I need you to turn to page 58 or whatever it is. 
And I turned to page 58 and he said, look at like the third paragraph. I looked down to the third paragraph and I see the line and here it came. And he just ripped my heart out of my chest. And he said, I need you to take out as fast as a four wheel drive pickup truck. <laughs> and so I was just defeated. I thought, you know, I'm fine. I'm just going to go to Midwestern. No big deal. <laughs> and, uh, and so, but I took it out and I submitted it. And what I submitted to Dr. Queen, I took out that, but what I actually submitted into the doctoral office, I left it in by the way, but uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, so it's out. But a couple of days later, I called Dr. Queen. I said, Dr. Queen, I just have to ask this. Did Dr. Priest see that and want that out? Or did you tell him that you wanted it out? And Dr. Queen, him hauled around for a little bit. And he said, well, I need to be honest. I told him to take it out. <laughs> And I hung up the phone and I deleted his contact information from my phone and I vowed never to speak to him again. But Dr. <laughs> Queen, for real, we're glad you are here. You truly helped me get to the finish line, really held my hand all the way along the way and had to deal with my complaints <laughs> at every edit and uh, my trolling on Twitter and everything else. Uh, but we proved Dr. Jamie Dew to be a false prophet because he we said, bro, you're never going to finish. He said you're never going to finish, and uh, and and now he has to take back those words. He does. He had to eat those words with a side of beignets, or however <laughs> you say that. And uh, but anyway, May seventh, I will graduate, uh, due in large part by the man, the myth, the terrifier himself, Dr. Matt Queen. And for real this time, how how are you doing? I am really doing well, Matt. We uh, we actually have uh, trustees uh, on campus this week, and so. Uh, uh, those are the representatives of the Southern Baptist Convention that hold our institution in trust. And so uh, we had a dinner last night with them. Uh, Dr. Greenway uh, opened us up and uh, I had a great time of fellowship. And it's just really good for me to, to see just the representation of states, uh, men and women who are here who really have an investment about uh, in Southwestern Seminary and to see its success. And so uh, things are going very well this week. Yeah, and I think I saw from a trustee posted last night, a trustee meeting at Swibbits this week, you don't have to be around Dr. Adam Greenway for long to realize that Swibbits is in good hands. And uh, and I certainly agree with that assessment. And we, we're obviously biased here on Not Another Baptist podcast because I went there twice. And uh, Kyle, we don't really talk about where he <laughs> went, uh, but we are paid to, uh, to highlight uh, Southwestern Seminary and uh, the CSB, uh, but for real. Uh, Southwestern is in great hands, and a lot of great things are happening there, as well as in Gateway, in New Orleans, and all of our other seminaries. And Amen. so we're grateful for the men that I believe God has placed uh, over each of those entities, and uh, and, and all the way to uh, NAM and IMB and, and everything else. And so uh, really some great days for the Southern Baptist, as we have some great uh, folks that are leading, and, uh, and a lot of people quote unquote, under them that are leading with them. And, and I believe all of them, and I think everybody that works with them would agree uh, that it's more of a matter of serving. And uh, we do have a number of servant leaders in these positions. And so it's great to see. And uh, but, but to jump right in it, because I know you have to go and uh, woo those trustees and convince them that you are the greatest evangelism professor ever known to man. 
but to start sure off our conversation, <laughs> uh, I, I was reading through uh, the B.H. Carroll Pulpit, a new volume that's out under the Legacy Series at Southwestern or through Seminary Hill Press. This one is edited by Dr. Greenway. Uh, this is a B.H. Carroll pulpit and has a number of his sermons and addresses and so forth, and they're kind of separated uh, around some theology and uh, and maybe some evangelistic sermons, and so Dr. Queen doesn't ever have to write a sermon anymore. He just takes one of these and preaches them, uh, but there's one called No Cross, No Crown, and I was reading over it again, and I came across a couple of lines that will kind of send us into our topic today, but uh, Carol said, I said to you last Sunday, that if there were 10,000 city churches, each building costing $100,000, of course, this was written many years ago, now like our uh, porta potties might cost that, uh, each one furnished with a magnificent pipe organ, each one filled with a vast crowd of auditors each Sunday, and these churches only took care of themselves, they would be a curse to the world. He goes on, there must be an overflowing. Our beneficents must at times find wings. It must fly. It must reach far out to help, to save. And if today there should descend on this house, on the heads and into the hearts of the brethren and sisters who stand before me, even a small measure of the spirit of our Lord Jesus Christ, so that you should not seek your own ways, so that you should not wish to think your own thoughts, so that you should not desire to obtain what would merely be a personal gratification to you. But if you were possessed, if the spirit wrapped you around, enveloped you from the crown of your head to the sole of your foot with this one burning and unquenchable desire, Lord God, let me lay aside self to save others. Dr. Queen is working on a new volume uh, I think he's been telling me he's been doing that for the last 10 years that I've known him. But anyway, Dr. Queen is working on a new volume that he kind of shared with our uh, evangelism team here at Mayhill Baptist Church when, uh, long story short, we were having our final training and snow got in the way. And so I decided, like, who wants to be a millionaire? I'm going to phone a friend. And so I got Dr. Queen to come in to fix everything that I had taught so terribly over the past few weeks. He came in and he talked about getting to the gospel, the idea that at some point in our evangelistic conversations, we have to somehow get to the gospel, right? And so it's like you you strike up the conversation. Oh, I, I like that lapel pin that you have. Well, my lapel pin here is uh, Southwestern Seminary because I teach people how to share their faith and ruin their life by all of my countless edits on their dissertation. Uh, but But in serious terms, at some point, we have to get our conversations to the gospel. And uh, really, this takes it perhaps to a practical level of everyday evangelism, that as we go, where we go, whether it's a post office, Cheddar's Cafe, or Tongs, after you took me out to eat to make up for ruining my life, uh, <laughs> wherever we are, we're looking for opportunities as an evangelist to tell others about Jesus Christ. But at some point, that small talk like I've been doing for the past few minutes, has to end, and we have to get to the gospel. So now I'm going to get to Dr. Matt Queen. Dr. Matt Queen, kind of tell us first off, what is this gospel that we proclaim that we have to get to our hearers? Yeah, so the good news is uh, the gospel that we proclaim is actually the one that we've heard and believed. And so, you know, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 15, 
3 and 4, he says, For I deliver to you of first importance that which I also received. So what he's going to tell is what he also received. And so really, uh, the gospel is, is uh, uh, something that saves us. It is the message that we are sinners. Uh, we cannot uh, on our own. There's no way that we can save ourselves. We, we don't want to save ourselves. We want to stay in our sin. But God in his love sent his son Jesus to die, be buried, and raised from the dead. And if we repent of our sins, turning away from our sins, turning away from ourselves, put our faith in Jesus Christ, and then with our mouth, if we confess him as Lord, we can be saved. So that's the gospel in a nutshell. Yeah, and and I think you have a line that's even, at least the last time I looked, uh, I haven't ever looked at your page anymore because you hurt my feelings so bad, uh, but your Twitter cover photo was, if you know enough of the gospel to be saved by it, you know enough of the gospel to share it. And I proved that point with our folks. I haven't told you this story uh, that I just asked them, what did you hear when you were saved? And they started repeating almost verbatim, pretty much what you just said. Like, I realized I was a sinner, that, that God sent Jesus to, to, to live for me, to die for my sins, to rise again for me, and one day come back. You know, they were repeating all of this kind of stuff. And I said, you are an evangelist. Because you you know what ultimately saved you. You know that gospel that that led you to to Jesus in in the first place. And so it's sometimes just a matter of remembering that. And, and yes, you know, faith evangelism strategy, ABCs, all of that kind of stuff is are helpful tools. But at the end of the day, it's a matter of getting the gospel to the person. And so uh, I shared with you before we came on air uh, some opportunities that we really had served up on a silver platter after Cadence's heroic act on, act on our vacation. Uh, we ended up getting interviewed uh, by our local station. Well, it's not local to us, but, but <laughs> in New Mexico, there's it's only local like three local. Terms. Yeah. And so local New Mexico station. And I thought we were kind of done and uh, had some opportunities to share with her about our faith and uh, how Jesus had rescued us from our sin and, and uh, how it just encouraged me to see how uh, Cadence had rescued this little girl and, and how that picture of the God, all this kind of great stuff that I went into elaborate terms and none of it was used on the air. <laughs> and so, so I learned from that. And in subsequent interviews, because other news stations came and, and asked to interview us, I decided that I have to find out how to get this as concise as possibly can. In this situation, obviously, when you're sitting down for a meal or another point, maybe you have time to do this. But knowing that I'm in the news station, so to speak, that they're looking for clips that they can cut. I was trying so hard to get it as condensed as possible where there was no way they could cut it and leave out God. And they still did. And they still did. <laughs> and so I had one where, where it was, I was going right into it, you know, by the providence of God, he had her where she needed to be right at the time, right time that she needed to be. And she responded and uh, he cut out the providence of God and left <laughs> he, and I'm like, who's he? And then like Dr. Queen came out, I wanted to edit it. And uh, other, other news stations put in uh, brackets, God. And, uh, and at first I was really defeated by it because we, as, as we talked about it, I wasn't sure about doing any of the interviews. I really left mm -hmm. it up to cadence in the first place, but, right. but even that I was going to discourage her from, from potentially doing it because I, we really didn't want it to be about 
her or anything else. We wanted it to glorify God and get mm-hmm. an, ex- an opportunity to share the gospel. And so I kind of had felt defeated after that when I saw it come out, because I was like, they cut out the only bit of gospel <laughs> that they could have left in there. And I felt like it was an utter failure. And then it dawned on me that even though maybe it didn't get to the thousands or the even the millions that, that could ultimately see it, I did get to share it in full with that gentleman that interviewed us and uh, thus it was a success and that's uh, right and so we've we've talked about this before that success in evangelism is not ultimately saving somebody Uh, that is a great success we give god all the glory for for that but success in evangelism is evangelizing it's doing (laughs) so so talk to us about that dr queen about simply in some sense kind of combining everyday evangelism with getting to the gospel where as we go we are successful in simply sharing it. Like, how do we get to the gospel? How do we share it as we go? Yeah, so, so, so I think the whole, the whole aspect of success in evangelism is really based on this premise. If somebody hears the gospel and believes it, repents, believes, and confesses, God's responsible. We can't take credit for that. God, the gospel starts with God, it ends with God, and it, it, everywhere in between. So, so if somebody hears the gospel and believes that God's responsible, but if someone hears it from us and rejects it, then they're responsible. But if they never hear the gospel, we're responsible. And that, that's where those passages four times in the scriptures, twice in Ezekiel, twice in the book of Acts, chapter 18, and verse uh, chapter 20 in Acts, three, chapter 3 and chapter 33 in Ezekiel, where he says there's some sense in which when we've been given a message to warn people of God's judgment, that if we don't do that, there is blood either on our hands or on our head. Whatever that means, whether it's literal, figurative, there is some sense of responsibility that we have. And so, yes, if somebody gets saved, God gets the glory. But if we actually do evangelism, then we're obedient. And I really think that that really helps us as we think in terms of getting to the gospel. Um, if, if we're trying to get to the gospel, I really think that the ease of transitioning to the gospel in our conversations is really tied to our eagerness of obeying God's commandment to evangelize. So if you and I decide to be obedient and making disciples, then you and I will likely get to the gospel in our conversations. I mean, just think about any conversation that you have. When you are wanting to tell someone something, you don't sit there and think, how can I get it in? You just, you say it, you know? And so if we've made the, de- the determination and the decision from the onset, I'm going to share the gospel, we'll get to the gospel. Yeah. And I know, you know, for me coming from a running background, well, that's not like my long-term background, but over the past few years as a runner, uh, that the days where it was easier for me to get up out of bed and to go run was when I set the alarm a little bit earlier, yeah. I set out my shoes, my running clothes right there. And so as soon as I got off out of the bed, I saw the shoes and I saw the run and I was like, okay, it's time to go. And, and so ultimately it's deciding in your heart and in your mind and in praying for those opportunities and then accepting those opportunities uh, as you go. Uh, you and I have, have spoken, I don't know if we put this on the air before, of perhaps my favorite transition that I believe you taught me uh, mm-hmm. was uh, how ha, whoever you're talking to. And, and sometimes like when you're going out to eat, you, you might not really have the time, especially when they're busy with other tables and, and you know, kind of know the room, <laughs> like know what's going on in the room. And uh, if they're if they're really busy, this isn't the time to, to sit down and be like, have you thought today, if you died tonight, 
where you would spend eternity. Well, let me tell you how, and then go through the entire, you know, 30 minute presentation. Like sometimes it's like, how can I get a short little nugget of truth into their heart and their mind? And, uh, and it's, as you've taught me, has anybody told you today, God loves you. And yeah. And I would, I would say to you, I long for the day when that no longer becomes a good gospel transition. Here's what I mean by that. And not that God doesn't love us. He will always, he, he, he does love us. But what happens is when I go to restaurants or to a hotel or wherever I am, the unfortunate factor is I can pretty much count on the fact that Christians are not doing enough evangelism today, where if I ask, has anyone taken the time today to tell you that God loves you? More than likely, and unfortunately, it breaks my heart. People will say no, because we're not out evangelizing. I pray for the day that we can't do that because everybody's telling. Yeah. But but whenever some, somebody says, usually, I, I don't know what your experience is, but I'll get two, two answers. Most of the time, people say no. And so when they say that, I say, well, hey, can I be the first one today to tell you about God's great love for you? And then I just go into the gospel or I would say, hey, I want to be instead of even asking, I want to be the first one today to tell you about God's great love for you. The Bible says. And then I just go into a real quick gospel presentation. Um, the other thing I don't I don't know about you. The other thing I've had a few people say to me, yes, my mama told me before I left today. And, and this is even grown people where moms are moms still are wanting to see the spiritual transformation of their, uh, their daughters or their sons. And so in that way, I say, well, can I just back up what mama said? You know, yeah. uh, what has been your your responses whenever you've said that, Matt? I, have, I haven't I have had the mom uh, experience. And uh, the, the closest thing uh, that wasn't a no, mo- I mean, almost all of them have been a no. I've had one person that says no, but I know that he does. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that, you know, my mom, when I was raised, told me, I went to Sunday school, got saved, you know, at vacation Bible school. And, and I've kind of been out of church here, here and there, or kind of go when I can, but usually work on Sunday, you know, and it ends up being that kind of a conversation of kind of how do we get back to that? And, uh, but, but more often than not, it's, it's no, but you touched on something that I have it maybe harder here because I'm in a small town. And so I've, I've taught our folks to do this and we've got one restaurant. And so I'm the pastor, and so I'm usually the last one to, to leave, as you know, especially in a small small church where kind of I wear mul- multiple hats. And so I end up going to the cafe a little later, and one of the waitresses is one of our members who's trusted in Jesus Christ and, and uh, comes when she can, usually to Sunday school and then goes to work, that kind of deal. But um, some of the other ones are not. And I've been so proud of my folks because I'll go in, has anybody told you today, God loves you? And now I've told this lady that multiple times, you know, each time we, we go and I just kind of share it again and, and uh, so forth and, and uh, just encourage her, that kind of deal. But I'll tell her a few times, uh, do the same thing on a Sunday and said, your people just got out of church, didn't they? And I said, yeah, well, I've had three different people tell me. And so I was like, yes, well, success. Brother, so now I need to come up with another one. Has anybody told you you're going to go to hell if you haven't trusted no, Jesus no, well, but, well, uh, that, if we're If we're without God's love, that will, of course, ha- happen. But that probably is not the best way to start off. You know, and you you not only use that one, Matt, but uh, a few weeks ago when you you and your family were worshiping at the feet of, of Mickey Mouse, yeah. you uh, the girls were riding on a ride and you transition with this dad who was one tired dad to another tired dad yeah. sitting one time you were I believe in a water burger and use ketchup as a transition yeah. uh, to the gospel so it's really not that hard if we decide to do it we can go to old staples like has anyone taken the time to tell you about God's great love for you today 
or you can just see a transition. I'll tell you a funny one. Uh, one time I was going to go uh, to visit my former pastor in the hospital with Dr. Kiker. We were members of the same church and I was going there just to visit him. We were concerned for him. It wasn't I was against evangelism, but I had no intention on finding someone to evangelize. I was just going to go find him. So we were on the bottom floor there at, uh, here southwest, uh, here outside of the seminary. And we uh, got on the elevator, got ready to hit the button. All of a sudden, I heard a voice say, hold the elevator for me. So I kind of stuck my arm out, about had it broke when the door came <laughs> down and it but back. And, and all of a sudden, there's a United States Postal Service lady who is there. And so she gets on, on with me and Dr. Kiker. And, uh, you know, we pushed the floor and all the, all, all of a sudden in that moment, Ken, I'd had not planned to evangelize at the hospital, but in that moment, the Holy Spirit said, evangelize her. Well, you don't, I didn't have much time to argue with the Lord. I could either <laughs> obey or disobey. So it's about obedience. So, so I you did, disobeyed. I thought, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I said, so you disobeyed. I did not disobey. <laughs> so I'm sitting there. I'm thinking, what do I do? And I, I, you know, there was a million different things I probably could have said. This is probably cheesy, but I just said, hey, you're a United States Postal Service worker. You deliver messages to people. And she said, yes. And I said, well, guess what? I've got a message for you. Well, all of a sudden, Kiker said, that's the cheesiest transition I've ever heard. <laughs> and I said, well, it's better than what you did, you know? Yeah. So so, there, so you just look around and see what analogies you can make. And sometimes they may not make the best of sense, but if they get you the gospel, that's the main thing. God, God will take care of the cheesiness of our transitions. Yeah. And I, and, and we, we didn't really plan to talk about this one, but this has been on my heart a little later more because of some of the more recent evangelism encounters I've had. A lot of these transitions are there. Well, they're for anywhere, anywhere, but certainly when it's quick, when you notice something about them, like maybe you see the lapel pin or, you know, mm -hmm. I, I like yours. I've got this Swibbits one. I teach people how to share their faith. You mind if I share, you know, mm -hmm. like you can just find something really quick off the bat. Uh, but one of the things that I've noticed and just how some of the more recent evangelism opportunities I've had is sitting down with somebody when you know that there's really no timetable uh, that, that you've got, you know, normally maybe 30 seconds with somebody, but this is some, someone that you're going to spend some time with right then and there. And uh, so it's not a rush. It's not something you have to, before we even get chips and salsa, well, let me pray for us and then put the entire gospel. Like I pray <laughs> before the end of this meal that this person will turn from his sins. You know, it's like, it's not doing that. Right. But people love to share their story. Mm -hmm. And in uh, what I found over in, in, we could talk about this another time. I know you have some trustee stuff to do in a little bit, but uh, I, I will just let them share their story really from birth. Um, like, tell me what brought you to May Hill, New Mexico, or in one case, it was Alamogordo. Tell me what brought you here. Uh, how'd you get here? And, and they'll just walk through the whole thing, you know, like my mom and dad divorced and like, so you'll find little pieces along the way and truly listen. Like that's the harder part for me is because I want to jump in real quick and, mm -hmm. and throw something in there, but truly listen. But as I've done that over a few times now, I've been, uh, I believe the spirit has kind of been just kind of putting some little bells off as it goes. And, you know, maybe adoption was in there or, you know, drugs and alcohol, like I'll, I'll kind of make, make a mental note, I guess, in my head while I'm listening, actively listening to, to what they're saying. It's like the spirit is just kind of putting a little line in my brain that's, you know, it's pretty blank anyway, but putting a little <laughs> line in my brain. And then when it's kind of my turn to, to talk, I'll use some of those to connect first to my life. And how, where, you know, I, you know, I'm fortunate. I didn't really struggle with, with addiction. Uh, but, uh, you know, one of the things that I struggled with was just being a, a 
good old boy. You know, mm-hmm. I just, I didn't realize that I was a sinner and, and like finding some of those things along the way or one that I talked to was adopted. Uh, I would share obviously the story of me being adopted yes. uh, of my mom, my biological mom being adopted of us adopting our girls and then obviously transition right into God's adoption of me. And so sometimes it's, they, they kind of can write your evangelism, your, your gospel presentation for you when, when you actually take the time to listen to them. And so if you've got a short amount of time, something like, has anybody told you God loves you today? Or you deliver mail, I deliver mail to <laughs> whatever it I, might I be. I didn't deliver mail, I deliver message. messages. Messages, messages yeah. Messages. And uh, I deliver messages, something short when you don't have a lot of time, but making sure you you kind of convey the entire gospel and call for a response. But when you have a little more time, you don't have to go through, you know, kind of this mental checklist of this and that, because I believe that as you're faithful, and that's the purpose of that meeting, the Spirit's going to bring to mind the things that you need to say. And I've just seen that over the past few weeks. And so whether it's a one minute conversation or a one hour lunch, uh, if you decide that I'm going to be faithful. I believe God's going to take care of the rest. Absolutely. And I think, I think what you've said is, is exactly correct. Uh, the best transitions to the gospel, the best analogies to the gospel come from that person's own life and when you're able to connect those. And again, the gospel is not just for lost people. It's even for us, no. for those of us that are saved. And it reminds us. And, and I say this, you know, it's, it's one thing for us to say Jesus loves you but we need to love them. And, and, oh, yeah. and sometimes we want to talk more than we want to listen. I have that. I have, I'm guilty of that as well. That's but why we give them a track instead of a tip. <laughs> well, you better do both. <laughs> you better do both. And, and it better not be one of those. Uh, and I, I love the, I, I love uh, Ray Comfort's ministry, but not one of those Ray Comfort million dollar bill things. You know, those, those things just don't work unless you're going to give a million dollars too. you know, yeah. um, but, but, but really listening to that person, um, we, we've got to care, you know, a lot of times we focus, and, and I think rightfully so, on the Great Commission and obedience and obedience being a main factor in evangelism. Absolutely it is. But we must not learn, uh, forget to learn and forget to teach ourselves and forget to remind ourselves that the love of Christ compels us from 2 Corinthians 5. We ought to be motivated by our love for them and God's love for them. So that means sometimes uh, when given the opportunity, we need to listen, you know, to what, what, their, what their hurts and needs are so that we can show how the gospel can be a remedy for that. As, uh, as we begin to wind down, uh, one, one thing that I think Dr. Queen will agree with that was part of our evangelism strategy that may help you, uh, if, if you're a pastor that still struggles with, with evangelism, uh, that was me before I took Dr. Queen, and then in order to pass, you had to evangelize. So I wasn't compelled by the love of Christ; I was compelled by the love of an A. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, but but eventually that that you know lit a fire under me, and I, I became what what I would believe now a faithful evangelist. But uh, if you're a member listening to this, a church leader, uh, or you just find yourself uncomfortable sharing the faith, that, that you'll do it, but but you just get uneasy, uh, that's okay. Uh, that that calls us to rely on on the spirit. It's okay to be uncomfortable, and I share with our folks: get comfortable being uncomfortable. Uh, yes. But another thing to do that will help is just practice. Uh, practice mm-hmm. on a spouse. Practice on a member of your church. If if you start a gospel conversation and and you're kind of fumbling around, but then you realize that that person is saved, uh, take that moment and just say, "Hey, can I?" 
can I just practice on you? I've been trying this. And, and most Christians that at least have some time, they're going to be like, yeah, absolutely. And, and may even play a part for you. Like, I don't really understand that and, and kind of help you do it. And so just e even if you are struggling, or even if you're great at it, continue to, to practice and get more natural. And so find maybe your spouse or a child, uh, a member of your Sunday school class and just practice. And that was some of the most formative time uh, for our trainees in the evangelism program we did was just them practicing with one another because it was like getting, getting used to your own voice, speaking things that we don't normally say. And sadly, you know, and so it's just getting used to it. We'll talk about the Astros all day long. You'll talk about the Yankees. Uh, we'll talk about our shared love of tongs. Yes. Uh, and, and I'll obviously share about how mean you were in my dissertation. Uh, but sometimes this, this stuff, yeah, this stuff, it, it's not commonly on our tongues. And so it just helps to kind of get used to saying it. And, uh, and so as we wrap up, Dr. Queen, when will Getting to the Gospel come out? Okay, so right now I am uh, working on a book uh, with Brahman Holman Academic. It's going to um, be one of their main um, uh, academic evangelism textbooks, hopefully. They'll be selling. And so that is due in December. So, uh, so I'm, I'm working on that one currently, and um, uh, hopefully that'll be out uh, pretty soon. Um, I'm also working on a book with uh, Dr. O.S. Hawkins. Um, he, he had a, uh, an old book on uh, uh, evangelistic preaching and casting the net. And so uh, he has redone that. And, and I'm going to be adding some, some parts to that. So that'll be, that's my second book project. But I've already been, been uh, acclimating and writing down some things for getting the gospel, which is going to be a very small book. Uh, the other ones will be a little bit longer. But this will be a small book, kind of like Everyday Evangelism, or maybe a little smaller, something that's going to be real accessible, something that's not going to be overwhelming to people. So I'm saying I would say um, I'm hoping within the next year to get that started. And again, because it's not going to be a large book, it's going to be more of a just a primer. Um, hopefully that'll be out. Uh, hopefully in the next uh, couple of years or so. And so that will be coming out. And so obviously we'll be sharing that when it does, and have you come on to to do a little more of a book review, and and maybe we'll critique it in front of you. <laughs> I'll look for a pronoun with no antecedent in there. Uh, but but you do have uh, mobilize to evangelize and everyday evangelism and some tracks on where seminaryhillpress.com so you can go there and see that there's also an evangelism devotional that several uh several faculty members and students did cause and you will be my witnesses which would be great if you're you're wanting to kind of think to your church on a 30 31 day uh kind of journey in evangelism you can go to seminaryhillpress.com and get those and the book that uh, matt re referenced the bh carroll pulpit and a lot of other books and one of the great things on there for those resources that the seminary makes available, if you and your church buy 24 or more of anything, so like Everyday Evangelism is $4.99, you buy 24 or more of those, you get them for half off or $2.50. So anything on Seminary Hill Press, if you buy more than 24, you get them kind of a bulk price. So yeah. uh, that's where you get it. Well, awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Queen, for coming on to the show. Thank you for salvaging my dissertation and doctoral journey. Look forward to seeing you in May with bells on. And uh, because I'll probably tie some bells to my shoes. So when I walk up on the stage, I'm going ching, ching, ching. <laughs> and, uh, but until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as a gospel you declare as you go where you go every day. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We want to connect with you on Facebook at Not Another Baptist Podcast or on Twitter at NAB underscore podcast or our website at notanotherbaptistpodcast.com. Until next week, 
We encourage you to check out csbible.com to learn about the Christian Standard Bible, our favorite translation for its blend of readability and accuracy. Have a great day and God bless. What's wrong with you people?